1: ...which is inbounds, and Draymond Green pushing. Six assists for Green. Curry along three. That's good! Steph Curry from way downtown! Some
0: Curry chaos here on the third! It's the largest lead of the game!
2: All right, so NBA Finals end this week. Golden State Warriors win their fourth. Jody Mack, we we talked uh, some baseball, we talked some hockey, we talked some Eagles football in the first hour. Let's talk a little hoops. Uh, first thing I want to ask you, because I was I was thoroughly annoyed with um, Bill Simmons this week, who, who said, um, I personally don't think Golden State Warriors four titles in eight years qualifies as a dynasty. Um, he does, by the way, think that the Patriots and Celtics of the past qualify as a <laughs> dynasty, you know, betraying where he's from. Can we define this as a dynasty four times in eight years in any league to me? These days, you know, there's 30-odd teams in every single league. And, and by the way, two other finals trips. Dynasty? I'm going
1: to land in the middle here, and I'll explain myself. The win by the Warriors the other night is the beginning of the Warriors' next dynasty.
2: Their three
1: wins in five years is already dynastic in my mind.
2: Ooh, they go two that uh, adjective there. <laughs>
1: thank you. Uh, they they go two straight years of not making the playoffs. One year they had the worst record in the NBA, right. and the second year, the play in with the new NBA playoff format doesn't count as the playoffs. The first round is non playoffs. It's just the play in, mm-hmm. not the playoffs. And they got beat, so technically they did not make the playoffs for two straight years. If you don't make the playoffs for two straight years, your dynasty is over. If you were in the midst of a dynasty, it has officially come to an end. Now, if you want to do revisionist history and reopen the window with a two-year, didn't even make the playoffs drought in the middle of it, I guess you can go ahead and do that, but that's, that's not the way I look at
2: it. Well, yeah, and I hear you, and yes, when you finish with the worst record in the league, it's hard to argue that it's part of the same – administration or whatever dynasty but it it was it was curry it was clay thompson and green played for all those right correct and kavon looney believe it or
1: not who they re-signed as a one-year guy he's been there for all of them
2: and Andre
1: Iguodala, who got in the other night just for the last minute of the yeah, game, the coach threw him kind of, a bone. Nice. And to Andre's credit, he got out for the two losing years and came back for the yeah, win. That's right. That's so right. he's he's kind of uh, – Andre has his own separate dynasty where you can combine the two because he wasn't part of those two non-winning seasons. Uh, but everybody's got a different definition. But I'm with you. How Simmons looks down his nose and calls well. what the Warriors have accomplished A non dynasty just boggles my mind.
2: Yeah, just when he, when Bill Simmons started, I thought, boy, this guy was really good because he was different and he was funny and he, he took very different looks at it. And then he just became, I know he was always Mr. Boston sports guy, but, you know, anything outside of Baston is, is not worthy for him. I I find him very annoying. But nonetheless, okay. Um, I think I do consider it all one, but I hear your point. And um, second question. Steph Curry, top 10 player all-time? Gets crowded.
1: (sighs) Yeah. If he's not in the top 10, he's just outside. He's somewhere in that 9, 10, 11, 12 range. Uh, I would not drop him out of the top 15 for sure. Um, So where does he fall between 14 and 9? That's very debatable, but he's right there on that cutting edge of top 10, and he is the unquestioned best long ball shooter in the history of the NBA. Now, Different people can define uh, shooting differently. It's not all about three-pointers, and there were great shooters in the NBA before there was ever a three-point line. But if you're just talking about long-distance shooting, sorry, Reggie Miller. He has so far surpassed you, it's not even worth talking about. He's the best long-distance shooter in the history of the
2: NBA. All right, let me grab a call, and then I want to ask you uh, about the local basketball franchise. Joe joins us. Hey, Joe, what's on your mind today?
0: Hey guys, welcome back, Mac and Mac. Thank you, you so much. It. Great to hear you guys together. I want to talk a little bit about the Twitter signing, but I want to use it as perspective about how we feel about our other three coaches, and I'll try to I'll try to be brief. Um Nick Siriani. Okay. So he came in, he got us to the playoffs, we backed in, that's fine. Uh he had to change his philosophy, he's got a better team. This is a show me year. Glenn Rivers is turning into a pariah. He exposes himself every time he opens his mouth. I don't want to hear about the Clippers and his record. I want you to tell me what's wrong with your team. Okay, Rob Thompson, you can't argue with what he has so far. Let's see how he does with adversity. He seems to be the opposite of Girardi. Tortorella, okay, why are we giving him a parade before he starts his first game? He's going to give us a better defense. He's going to make Hart better, but I don't want to be the 80s devil.
2: Your thoughts? I, I, I don't know that anybody's giving him a parade. Uh, I think I'm – listen, I like the signing. I can't say it's the most excited I've been about a new coach coming in, by by certainly by a long shot. Um, given the options they had, and Barry Trotz turned him down, I think Tortorella is good, I think. And, and one of the things that probably will feed into your argument, and Jody and I have talked about it, is he's going to – Get more interest in this team. He's going to instantly make the Flyers more interesting and relevant. Now, that doesn't translate for very long if you can't win games and if he has a bad first year. Nobody cares that he's interesting. But for now, I'm just excited that they're back on the map. Does that? I don't know if that answers your question.
0: No, that's perfect. You know, that's part. You know, I, I I need to hear that perspective because I've just been listening to the hype. I lost the Flyers as a fan many many years ago. I'd love to have somebody bring me back, and maybe he'll help um but I just he's being in, enthroned, i think before this first game, and I don't, I don't know i don't I don't know, I don't know what
2: else you're listening to. I don't think Joni and I did by the way, just what what you said you you lost the flyers years ago? what took you away
0: um I think Mike Keenan <laughs> oh jeez. really <laughs> was, wow was that was, in, that was thirty five
2: years ago or so.
0: Yeah, he came in with a lot of fanfare. He got us to that last game against the Oilers, and then he burned everybody
2: out. Okay. Okay. Well, if, you, if you haven't been following him since been, Keenan. Been a, been a long time, yes. Yeah, really, thanks.
1: And, and I, I am coming up way short of hosting a parade for the Flyers hiring of their new head coach. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, Glenn, I, I was hoping the Flyers went in another direction. The guy who will make or break John Tortorella, maybe even more so than John Tortorella, is going to be Chuck Fletcher because he is going to need to get players that fit what Tortorella wants to do. I don't think they have those type of players on the Flyers roster right now. We talked to Keith Jones, who said he thinks there are players that will work well under Tortorella, and Tortorella will mold them or he'll mold to fit the players. He's much more optimistic than I am. I'm not sure that the fit is great. So if it's going to work with Tortorella, I think it is incumbent upon uh, Chuck Fletcher to find Tortorella-like players. Now again, easier said than done. It's a nice philosophy and I could lay it out there for you, but then you got to go be able be able to get those guys acquire those guys. I don't know if Chuck Fletcher has the ability to do so, the flexibility to do so. Uh, that's why I was hoping they went in another direction. I was more willing to see this thing take more time that they got a younger coach who would uh, be a little less my way of the highway type of uh, individual and show a little bit more patience. Now I can't blame a Flyer fan who doesn't have patience because they've been waiting 40-plus years for a Stanley Cup. Yeah, Jody, now you're going to tell us to take three more before we're even into the mix for it? Yeah, that's what I was hoping that the Flyers did. They decided to go a different route.
2: Now, they tried that with Hackstall, It didn't work, which doesn't mean that you don't try it again. Right. You know, I just not, think
1: Haxtell was the wrong guy. I agree. The I philosophy agree. was not bad. Right. The actual choice of coach was.
2: And actually, Haxtell was Keenan. Haxtell was they hired a college coach who'd never coached the NHL before. Keenan ended up being a career guy. Haxtell, well, he's back in the league now, but he didn't work out here. Um, yeah, so much of it is on the general manager. But I'll tell you one thing that Jonesy said that I wanted to discuss with you. Because we talked about who's going to thrive. And he said Konechny's going to thrive, right? And he, So he named a couple of names. And we said, who's going to be challenged, And he said Provorov. Right. And that's going to be so fascinating to me because that was the guy who was going to be the anchor of your defense for a decade and a perennial all-star. And I mean we thought Provorov was going to be a great, great player. And he, he he had a bad year. And he has stalled. And if – if he doesn't get along with this coach, he's the guy you move. And that's that's a big deal.
1: And it is, and even thinking along those lines, and again, we probably overrated Provorov and put him on a pedestal that he hadn't necessarily earned or deserved just yet. If they move him... Even preseason, before the season starts, which is probably unlikely. They'll try and give it a shot first. But if they find at some point it's not working that he's not the type of player that Tortorello works well with and coaches and gets to improve and the like, they're gonna be selling him on what? Sixty cents on a dollar, fifty cents on a dollar yeah, from well, what maybe. one time we thought he was going to be?
2: Oh yeah. Of what we thought he was gonna be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're not gonna you don't get close to that value certainly. All right, I want to get back to the NBA and um 2155929494. So several of the uh, once the season ended, several places put odds for next season to win and Golden State of course is the favorite at 11 to 2 and the Celtics are second at 6 to 1. So the two teams that were in the final are one and two. The Sixers are 10th at 16 to 1 and tenth means if it plays out as it's supposed to play out you once again lose in the, in the second, second round, round. yes we're we're, we're we're right back where we always were there's 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 nothing there and by the way i have no reason to doubt these odds i don't think the sixers are as good as the teams that have the teams ahead of them are. the warriors the celtics the nets clippers bucks suns mavs grizzlies heat I yeah, mean I, I
1: I got a couple I could argue the Sixers over, but we're talking two out of nine, somewhere thereabouts. The, the there are seven that if you're making the argument that the Sixers are going to be better coming into the season. And again, we're doing this today. Teams can get better, teams can get worse, teams could add free agents, uh, teams could make moves, so so it's a fluid list, but you're sure. you're asking me to react to it today the highest I could possibly put them would be eighth, which would just about potentially get you into that next round. And that's probably through six or colored glasses that I'd be going with eighth. It's not all that far off uh, distance between eighth and
2: 10th. You're right. So we will see what they do in the off season. And the start of that, of course, is James Harden. And the stories come out this week that Harden is going to get three years um by the way there was a uh, there was a thing floating around this morning Doc Rivers on TMZ oh, a fall place. You know you're familiar with TMZ, right? My daughter worked for him for a short period of Your time. Your daughter worked for, Oh, that's right. you told me that once. I yes. She did a summer
1: internship oh. her last year at uh, uh temple uh, she had two internships out in California, one working at a radio station and one working at TMZ. and she worked two days a week, actually made some money. It was one of those paying internships, so Dad had to send less money out to California, so I was quite, quite pleased that yeah, she got sure. to see Harvey every day. Uh, but because
2: that's the guy, that's the guy. They, 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 did she get to work with that creepy guy? Oh, yeah. Harvey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Turns uh, it, with... uh,
1: and she would uh, quick question. I'm sorry to, to get off the it's topic. All right. but it's OK. She um, she would she'd have to be in there at like 7 a.m. So she would be on the highways and byways of L.A. at 530, quarter six, somewhere thereabouts. And she'd get from where she was living to the TMZ studios in about 22 minutes. She would get off work at 4.30 in the afternoon because she worked two long days, but only two days, and would take her two hours to get home. The same yeah. trip that took her two oh. twenty-two minutes on the way in, yeah. took her two hours on the way home because of L.A. traffic. <laughs> but it. she she enjoyed herself well, while she was there, and she did a lot of work with their sports department. Why did
2: it, oh, I know I brought that up because there's there, there was a thing that sent out this morning that Doc Rivers loves James Harden, wants him to sign a long, big, expensive deal. And it's like, what? And so I played it, and it's some woman. It, you know what? It might be the 2022 version of what your daughter used to do. I don't know what she did. <laughs> uh, as Doc Rivers is walking from here to there, right? He's walking into a parking lot, or he's walking into a gym. And a woman says, yeah, Doc, what, how do you think about James Harden? And, and Doc goes, yeah, I love him. Are you going to assign him to a big deal? He says, oh, yeah, big deal. And that's it. And it's clear that, that Doc is just trying to, like, walk as fast as he can away from this woman and, and appease her. But – I did, so if you see that Doc Rivers says he wants to sign James Harden to a huge mega deal, understand that it was somebody annoying him from TMZ. But 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 story is and and I hate starting to talk about contracts because it it is boring and people will drive off the road into ditches. So I'm gonna try to do it fast. the 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 story is that Harden will pick up the 47 million dollar player option for next year. Even saying that just gives me the willies, and will the Sixers will add 2 years to it. So it looks like 3 years. I don't know. I don't think that's going to work out at all. I understand the Sixers are not in a great place with this. But I would rather have James Harden at 1 year for infinity dollars than 3 years at whatever this is going to be, 140 million. <laughs>
1: I know you uh, feel as strongly as you do about talking about contract. You can't have this conversation without talking about contract. You I know. That's can't why I brought Because it. it's a big part of it. Of course. Um, there There are probably four options here. Number one is... Daryl Morey, because he is so in love with James Harden, not only says pick up the contract option and we're going to max you out for the remaining years thereafter, and you have a five-year commitment to James Harden. I don't think anybody wants that. Um, There's the, yes, James, if you opt out, we're not necessarily going to be offering you anything. So best of luck. But it doesn't clear the cap money for the Sixers to use on somebody else because they're already well over the cap. So you just don't have James Harden as limited as it may be, as not as uh, otherworldly that we thought it was going to be. To just watch him walk away is probably untenable as well.
2: Uh, I agree. You, you, You can't pay a lot of money for nothing. I agree.
1: Right. So you're stuck somewhere in the middle. How many years can you get done? What would be the the best thing would be James. How about you come in play for your 47 million and we'll pick this up as the season goes along? They may have even broached that and Harden said, no, if, you're not, if we're not talking about an extension, I'm out of here. I'm going to take uh, uh, opt-out number one, and good luck trying to replace me with no cap money available to do so. So they negotiated, and they tried to compromise, and they came down in the middle. If Jake Fisher Bleacher Report's uh, report is accurate, three years, it's better than five. If one was not really doable, we're talking between two and four, they're settling at three, the fact that he's getting the full $50 million or somewhere thereabouts, and this is all reported, not official yet, that it's going to be close to $150 million for three years, you just need to put that aside. That's going rate. Right. You have to pay it would I have my preference would have been as little as possible Glenn would have been one year if not one year then two if not two years then three the further you got away from it, the tougher a pill it would have been to swallow. I'm not happy with three, but I guess we're gonna have to live with three yeah
2: well that's it and I I can't imagine it's gonna get better but I understand what you say but God I'm just I'm I'm girding for some bad basketball so a lot of rumors this week. Sixers apparently in the mood to trade. Kind of need to, to probably make a deal. Tobias Harris's name comes up. Matisse Thybul, Boy, did his his uh, star fall, huh? Stock dropped quickly, he, yes. Yeah, really did. Um, uh, I heard Shake Milton's name come up. I don't know what you get for him. Furkan Korkmaz. Uh, I don't think he's hit a three yet. Uh, they are looking to move Danny Green with a torn ACL, and he's 36. So good luck with that. Uh, the 23rd pick of the draft. Which they can't directly trade, but you figure things out. Jody, what's your prediction? Anything there? Who's who's? Uh, give me like the order that you see most likely to leave. I don't know that anybody's leaving. Ah. I like you're, Shake. you're running I, it back again.
1: I want to keep Shake. I do not want to trade. Uh, okay, uh, trade Shake. I like him. If they can trade Furcon Korkmaz and get more than a bag of balls, more power <laughs> to them. I don't see it happening. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, yeah, well, Tobias is the and Thibault are probably right. big names there. Uh,
1: And Tobias, to his credit, and I give him the credit and not the Sixer fan base because how many calls I have to take when I'm doing nights here on WI. He stinks. He's a stiff. It's the worst signing in history. No, it wasn't. They needed to sign him at the time. It is what it is. He's not worth his contract. He's one of about, oh, 150 players in the NBA who aren't worth their contract, one of which the Sixers are about to extend for two more years at $100 million by the name of James Harden, who also, the day that he signs it, won't be worth what his contract says he's worth. Uh, Tobias played pretty well in the back end of the season and in the playoffs. He filled his role. He did what was asked of him. Uh, I hope that the rest of the NBA sees it that way so that he is a viable trade uh commodity but i don't believe that's going to be the
2: case by the way he was good in uh, hustle yeah he was i I'll give him that he was all those, all the sixer they guys were. were good yeah they were they, they were. pulled it off yeah that was good we talked about that last week that, that was a very surprisingly good movie uh, I, I i liked it a lot um, actually speaking of which coming up is our what we're watching segment and this has turned out to be fun because for the third week in a row Jody Mack, you and I have watched the same thing, which is a new TV show, a new spy thriller uh, on FX, and we are going to both review it and find out if we both like it, like it equally, what we think. So good times coming up. We will do that, and we will take your calls. We have worked all of the teams into the conversation. You're invited to join. 215.